Everyone, hello. Hello. Hi. We are deep. Capital D, lowercase e, lowercase e, <laughs> lowercase p. We are deep into the Halloween spooktober um, spectacular from TFP here. Um, Lucas, what's been your favorite Halloween thing you've done so far? Ooh, um, make pumpkin pie. Does that count? Oh, it does yeah. because I ate some of that pumpkin pie and God damn, <laughs> I, I told my I told my mom that I had made pumpkin pie and she actually said it was too early. She's like very closely associates it with Thanksgiving, but pumpkins, fall, pie, Halloween. I don't see why there, um, you know, has to be totally a Thanksgiving thing. It's just like a fall thing. That's what I think, right? So as soon yeah. as October hits, I'm allowed to to get that pumpkin pie. They're selling the pumpkin pie mixes in the store. They are. So they are. you know what's nice too? I mean, just fall in general. I know we had this argument last time pretty recently on, on the podcast, I think. But um, I won't call this a fall season. It's fall vibes. But the weather is very much so starting to cool down, which I am very much enjoying because we still get that nice sun you know here here in um southern california however it's like hitting like those low 70s high 60s it's pretty range great of weather now um and it, it's really it's really just the right mix actually i uh, i quite enjoy it <laughs> yeah me too me too i'm loving the weather right now it's october which also means it's baseball playoffs that's been pretty thrilling so far uh dodgers are in the uh nlcs so go blue um for any any baseball people out there right now um, so that's kind of been my October so far is playing some of the scary games we've been playing. Um, you think we sh should, we mention what we're playing now? It'll come out, I think a week after this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, Lucas and I are playing through, what's it? Until, Until dawn. dawn. <laughs> Until dawn. <laughs> Which I, I for one am really enjoying. Me too. One, I mean, it's one Lucas and I get to play in person together because it's a single player game and. We only got one PlayStation, so there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, it's like a kind of, you know, in the vein of what we're talking about today, it's it's almost like a, a horror movie, right? It's playing through a movie where you're the one making the choices, which as we've established several times in this podcast before, one of my personal favorite genres as, as well in general. And it's been a it's been a fun one. It's like a crazy teen horror flick, basically. Yeah, um, but it's a little deeper. It tell seems that, deeper. It's a little deeper. It's it's. At least the way it's presenting itself so far, there's definitely something deeper going on. Whether that plays out or not, we'll uh, we'll have to see. We'll find out in the episode when we record. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's been good so far, and uh, Remy Malik's in it. And um, I don't I know about y'all, but I'm a Remy Malik stan, and uh, Hayden Hayden Petnier's in it. So you know, um, save the girl, save the world. Oh, save the cheerleader, what, save the. That's world. probably what we need to get the best ending. We need to make sure she stays alive. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. I mean, I'm I'm excited to really get through the game. I think we maybe have one more session of really playing it. Maybe maybe two, depending on how far yeah. we get. But um, loving it so far. Um, and of course, we did just have our Eternal Darkness episode, pretty long one, uh, going down a little bit of an older horror game, more in the psychological realm rather than the the slasher realm, like Until Dawn is, but. Um, you know, there's a million horror games out there, um, and there's there, to play through October, and there's a million horror movies to watch through October, which yes. which brings us to our topic for the day. Um, little unique here, uh, Matt and I. You know, we want to put out good good content for you guys throughout October. We did have an episode earlier this month on 
Um, horror games in general, uh, the genre conventions of horror games, what defines a good horror game, what makes a good yes. horror game, all that kind of stuff. We dove a little bit into the horror genre as a whole um, across like a few books and movies and things like that. But hey, you know what? Me and Matt love movies. We figured we, we would give some movie recommendations today and talk about our Mount Rushmore of horror movies um, so that in this last kind of... Uh, seventh inning stretch of October, if you will, uh, everybody can go ahead and uh, go watch, Dodgers. <laughs> everybody could, could watch some uh, some good horror for the next week and a half. Um, so yeah, wanted to kind of kick it off here, Matt. I got a question for you. I got an answer. What is the difference between terror and horror? That's weird, right? Because... The- they're so synonymous with one another. Right. I'd almost... Horror... Horror... No. Terror. <laughs> terror. It's already hard. Yeah, it's already a difficult question. So, terror is what you experience when you view something of the horror genre. Uh, I view them as separate things. I view horror as like um, a subject matter. Okay. Whereas terror is more of a feeling. Okay, that's that's how I would describe it. Okay, yeah. not not a bad answer. It's a hard it's a hard question. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I asked myself this question as I was kind of going through this pod episode, uh, making my notes here, and I realized that I was saying that these are horror movies, and this movie had a lot of terror in it, or this movie had a lot of great horror in it, but I didn't really know what I meant by those. So I just did some quick googling. Uh, MastersReview.com has a pretty succinct definition for the differences between the two, and I'm gonna lay it out right now. Okay. Terror is the feeling of dread and apprehension at the possibility of something frightening, while horror is the shock and repulsion of seeing the frightening thing. Okay, so in other words, terror is the sound. Terror is like the preceptor, the lead up. Terror is the sound of an unknown creature scratching at the door. Horror is seeing your roommate eaten alive by giant rats, right? Terror is the feeling of a stranger hiding behind the door. Horror is the squirt of blood as the knife sinks in, right? So terror is a little more abstract, a little more esoteric of a feeling. It's less visual. It's more of an imbued feeling by the artist. It's um, think of like uh, the Telltale Heart, right? Or the SpongeBob Squeaky Boots episode with Mr. Krabs, where <laughs> you just kind of hear like this paranoia. You feel paranoia. You feel anxiety. You never really right, see what yeah. it is, right? So suspense. Um, anxiety, all these things kind of fall into the terror realm where horror is just like, you know, saw the guy cutting his foot off in saw, right? Or until yeah. dawn, well, we won't spoil it, but there's some good horror in, in, in uh, until <laughs> dawn, pure horror, uh, knife sinking in and everything. But yeah, what do you think? What do you think of the two working? I want to kind of work off that as a working definition. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I see what you're getting at. I guess, I mean, maybe that those are the, the proper definitions, but I mean, yeah, I, I think just going off what you say, I viewed terror as it's the, the prenup to horror, right? Mm-hmm. Terror is the lead up, then horror is the experience, um, which but sometimes, I think checks out. But sometimes right? if, I mean, you're, if you write a, a horror, sometimes a horror movie doesn't have that horror element. It's pure like suspense and maybe very little elements of actual like, 
Pam. Well, would you, let me ask you this then. Would you put them in a separate genres? You know, what would you call a movie like The Quiet Place? Is that a terror movie versus a horror movie? Well, if, you, if you've seen A Quiet Place. I think this is gets very specific in like the actual feelings of horror versus the feelings of terror. I think the overall genre, no matter what you call something a horror movie, you wouldn't call something a terror movie. It's or like a horror video game. Horrors like I also, feel like that's what you're trying to get. No, no, I'm not I'm not trying to <laughs> to rename the genre. I'm just trying to yeah. it, it when you use the term horror and you use the term terror when describing something what are you really describing is kind of what i meant um and we got some literary people i know in our fan base we got uh johnny previous episode uh guest and we also have sarah also another previous episode guest probably yes. jump in on this a little bit better than i can um so maybe we could start a discord discussion after this um but i don't know just wanted to kind of get it out there for the audience you know when you're thinking about horror when you're thinking about fear terror and all these things there's so many different subtle feelings that you get when you actually experience or watch something that is inducing fear, something in the horror genre. I mean, we kind of dug into this in our horror games episode, I think, right? Where we're talking about like what makes up a horror game. A lot of that can be applied to a horror movie as well, really kind of one-to-one almost in certain circumstances. That's true. And it's horror as a genre is so interesting to unpack because like, again, like we said in the, uh, the video, the, horror game episode it's just there's so many aspects there's the terror aspect there's the dread there's the suspense there's so much that goes into the genre as a whole that there's so many like subcategories that maybe one thing does something much better than another thing right right? and uh, that's kind of the fun thing about dissecting pieces of art in media like games or movies because you know like uh, a slapstick comedy movie is going to be much different than say a dark humor movie right yeah like something uh, like that so it's interesting to unpack and kind of get to the nuances totally that's what we try to do on this pod every single episode yes all right so diving in to our mount rushmore of horror movies i'm gonna go first Oh, okay. And and again, again, (laughs) the Mount Rushmore format is our top four uh, in no particular order of uh, favorites for the category. So top four of horror movies. Um, Number one, pure horror, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's what I'm going for. The original 1970s version. Um, I don't know. Have you seen it? Have you seen that? Have you? I have not actually. Okay. I would, I would, uh, I would love to watch that movie with you to see your, see you wince at everything. Um, it took me so incredibly long to actually get around to watching this movie. I finally watched it for the first time last year, October 2020, and was blown away by the pure horror of it. Uh, like gore and just disturbing things to look at. Um, crazy family, just pure insanity um, in this yeah. movie. And I, I won't, I mean, since you haven't seen it, I won't, we won't talk or spoil it too much. Although it's not necessarily spoilable, I would say, but. Um, still a great movie to watch without knowing too much about it. Genuine raw energy coming from that movie all the way up until the very end. Um, like from 20 minutes in all the way to the end, it's just a ride. Um, and when you walk out of it, you're like kind of just adrenaline is pumping so hard that you're... Is Texas Chainsaw the one with uh, Leatherface? Is yes. That, is that the, yeah. Yes. And Texas Chainsaw spawned a number of different uh, spinoffs, sequels, and things like that. Nothing quite matches the energy of the original I think because the original is kind of low low budget, it's very dusty, it's grainy. Um, it's it's very clearly made uh, just with a different intention, a, a different style and a different like kind of set of technical like limitations sure. as the later sequels and spinoffs and stuff. And um, also Texas Chainsaw, very unique for the time. 
in that it has a very it has a, a disclaimer, a very jarring one at the very beginning of the movie that says the events in this film actually occurred. This is the retelling of something that happened to some teenagers that were in Texas on a road trip and like one person escaped and this is like what happened. And it's it's not real though. It's it's yeah yeah yeah. It's kind of the Blair Witch (laughs) thing, or it's it's tricking people into thinking that it was real. And back then in the seventies, it's not like people could just look it up right away and know if it was real or not. It kind of that was part of the ethos of the of the movie itself too. Um, So Texas Chainsaw, really really awesome. Anybody that's out there, I love that taking advantage of lack of information available. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, shit. I got fooled by Marble Hornets, and I had the internet at that point. You did so. Yeah, bro. I mean, at least for a good month, I thought that shit was real. I had nightmares, Ooh, bro. that's a good... Uh, I know it's not eligible for this list, but that is a good horror series for sure. It really is because that... I mean, again, movies, not web series today, but that's one that genuinely like creeped into my life and like made me terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at certain points. Same here. Because I'm, I'm a loser, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, all right, Texas Chainsaw. Now, Lucas, we you already mentioned... The first one on my list here, actually. Oh, can you can you take a guess at what it might be? Did I say Zombieland? You did not. Okay, <laughs> I'm out of I'm out of guesses. That's all I got. Saw. Ooh, good. Okay, saw. love it. Saw. Saw one. Saw and kind of saw saw one, but kind of at least saw as a whole as well. I think just the franchise, but in particularly saw one. Um, what what I love about saw is for me, it was like the first horror movie I saw in theaters, really. And uh, so I have kind of have some fun ties to it with my buddies in high school. And it's just a very. Uh, I'm going to call it fun, which is like weird, but it's just like a very like fun, crazy, like shock factor gore movie. Right. It's just kind of like it's not trying to be anything else other than that, really. Like the story at some points is actually kind of interesting. No, it's it's, kinda, it's, it's a there. little deep. You know, there's a little, there's a little bit yeah. going on there. I mean, there's definitely like with you know, the main character and like his cancer story and all that and his motivations. But at, at a surface level, it's very much just like a gore, gore fest. Tor- right? to- well, torture porn, torture porn, yeah. torture porn. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's just torture porn. And it's just one of those ones that you're watching and you see the traps and like what they have to do. You're just like, Ooh, <laughs> like fuck. I, right. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, and, it's, it's a fun movie, too, because it gets you thinking, how would I act in that situation, right? Because for those that are unfamiliar with Saw, um, the whole thing is that this guy, to help make people appreciate life more, what he does is he puts them in these life or death situations that typically involve them having to sacrifice some part of their body or inflict incredible self-harm. Or, that's, or kill their friend. Or kill their friend, whether that's <laughs> chopping off an arm or having to kill their friend to um, get the key to escape whatever trap you put them in or walk around a glass covered room while you're covered in flammable Vaseline or whatever. And oh yeah. Candle that was crazy. To find a, yeah. Um, point is he, he puts you in these situations where unless you're really willing to sacrifice something or take that, go to the extra mile, you will more likely than not die. Um, and so that's, that's the premise and just watching these people go through that. You can't help but wonder how would I react in that situation? Totally, right? totally. And we all like to think, oh, if I really had to, I could do it. But could you? Could you really muster it up, right? Um, it's hard to say. And it's fun when a movie beckons that question, I think. And yeah, just good classic 
horror. The the ending terror, yeah. the ending to Saw. I was actually thinking about it recently. How sick the the ending to Saw One is. It's actually the first really Saw good. movie is really good. Saw Two is pretty good too. I will say it has a cool twist. Yeah, but like I know that the Saw movies, just like any long running franchise, just kind of end up petering out in quality here and there. But Saw One is sick. Uh, I don't know if you remember the ending, but it's where there's like a dead body in the room the entire time. Uh, yeah. And then it turns out that it's just a guy that's been alive and he walks up yeah. and it's like this really intense music. And I, th- I think he tells him like the key to that chain. The key. So spoilers, the the guy is has his foot chained to like a bathroom. He's stuck in there with another guy. And only one guy actually has the balls to chop his foot off, chop his foot off. And um, the guy that doesn't the key to his chain was actually in the bathtub when he woke up with them. And of course, like you're waking up in water, you're going to freak out. So it just went down the drain on accident. Yeah. But, and they show yeah. it very quickly. Like you're, you don't really know what it was. It's like the one of the first shots of the movie when the guy wakes up from the bathtub and like pulls the plug and then the key falls down. And then yeah. it just ends with like the guy leaves the room and says like the key's there, but you don't have it. And then walks out and then there's just screams and then it just goes to black. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, that sucks. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah, it's a good ending. It's a good horror movie ending for sure. All right, uh, great, great pick, great pick. Um, I'm gonna go the opposite direction here. I don't think you've seen this one either, but I know that you're a fan of its director. Okay. Okay. I'm talking about Eraserhead. Okay. Ooh, David Lynch. I've heard of David yeah. Lynch. Uh, first feature film. Um, huge reputation. Um, basically every single f- accredited film class, you will probably watch this movie or at least uh, come across it in some way, maybe watch several scenes from it. Um, holds a special place in my heart for sure um, and has like just general imagery that is really like in cinema history for sure. Um, and I can say that like when I was younger, I probably first tried to watch this movie. I was like 17 or 18, way, 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 way over my head. And when I was, this was like when I was first kind of starting to get into movies. And as the years have gone by, I've watched more movies. And of course I've become a huge David Lynch fan who is just an amazing director. Who's not a horror director, but is like a cousin of horror. I would say, um, David Lynch always has a little bit of creepy elements to his movies and his, uh, television shows, uh, you know, case in point, Twin Peaks, Matt has a Twin Peaks poster up in his apartment. Uh, you can't see it, but it's there. Um, you know, kind of like that campy horror vibe. Uh, I think he understands horror, um, although he's not making pure horror stuff. Eraserhead is just quite the journey. It is so weird. It leaves you with very strange feelings. It's very ambiguous as a film and as a narrative. And I think it leaves you ambiguous just as a viewer. Um, I've watched this movie multiple times since I've become a Lynch fan. Um, I watched it two Halloweens ago. And it was great, great October viewing. Uh, black and white. I, do you have the year pulled up, Matt? I think you were Googling it quick. 1977. 1977. Um, I recommend it as a central movie viewing for anybody trying to trying to get into movies and, and watch cooler stuff. I didn't know David Lynch did. He did Dune, too. He did, the, he did an original Dune that uh, yeah. completely flopped. Also had oh, uh, Kyle MacLachlan <laughs> in it as the main lead, uh, which uh, part of it, which was one of the reasons why people say it flopped. Um, but yeah, uh, David Lynch has obviously a very long storied career kicking it off with Eraserhead. Great, great stuff. And for those of you interested too, if you just Google David Lynch's art, not his film stuff, uh, it's, it's pretty horror looking visual art. I'd say, um, it has, although it's hard, it's hard to categorize like kind of visual art 
it, within a horror genre, I'd say it gets pretty close. Um, if you just give it a quick Google Matt, I'm sure you'll you'll kind of see where I'm coming from here. Just his yeah. David Lynch's regular visual art. Um, great, just great artist to follow in general, just because he's he's done TV, movies, um, visual art, and things like that, um, and photography, of course. So, oh god, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you <laughs> I think? This it's is awful. <laughs> it's kind of it's it's very striking. Um, it's mixed media a lot of times. Uh, just uh, really really interesting, really really cool stuff. I'm into it though, but yeah, pretty pretty unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for it. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna diverse a little bit here. Um, we're talking about horror horror today, and I think there's a lot of versions of horror. And I think one of the ones that we have to acknowledge, and one of my personal, in general, actually, one of my personal favorite movie genres, uh, horror satire. Um, so I'm going with Cabin yes! yes, yes, love it. I actually i I almost wanted to put. I was really between this movie and then another movie called A Haunted House, which is just a really, really like gutter, like racy humor um, from like, actually, I don't know if racy is the right word, um, but just very much like gutter humor yeah. from like that only a high school kid in the like, mid 2000s would appreciate or like mid 2010s rather. Um, but yeah, Cabin in the Woods, man. I mean, there's not, I haven't watched a movie before that's like so just poignantly calling out every little trope yeah. um, or every little whatever it may be. Um, and it's just so fun and like... It's so good. I think, um, who's the actor that plays Thor again is in it? Um, Hemsworth. Hemsworth is in it, I'm pretty sure I remember correctly. And honestly, I think I'm going to rewatch it because it's just such a fun movie <laughs> and it's worth your time. If you're a fan of the horror genre in general as well, it's a very... Um, It'll be a fun experience for you because it also, in a smart way, deconstructs everything too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a deconstruction on hor the horror genre. Uh, I mean, while also it's in being, the title, right? Yeah, Cabin, Cabin in, in the, the Woods. woods. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's like the setting for every horror movie. Yeah. Bas literally, the game Until Dawn right now is basically just Cabin, Cabin in, the in the Woods. woods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's such a trope and like... Um, so Cabin in the Woods is actually on my honorable mention list. It's not on my... Uh, Mount Rushmore, but oh, I, but okay. but that's why I was so excited that you mentioned it. I've I love Cabin in the Woods because it is like totally poking fun and being like uh, kind of satirizing the horror genre while still being a horror, which is the best kind of like way to satirize something. Is to yeah, it is also scary. Like it is also like creeps you out here and there. It's also like uh, it also has some terror in it. It has some gore and like, but it is also making fun of all of those things, which is really yes. really hard to do. Um, and they, they just are there. It's, it's really, really awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I adore that movie. It's so fun. And, um, it's not like deep by any means. There's not like really anything crazy. It's just poking fun at horror, but also making a good horror movie at the same time. Totally. And I'll say, I really do implore you all to explore the horror satire genre a little bit. It's just so fun. <laughs> it's just, if you're, if you're willing to accept that what you're watching, isn't going to be profound by any means. Horror satire is very fun. For sure. Good call out. All right. Uh, my third one this is going to be a little, little out of left field, I think. Right field? Left field? Another baseball. Another baseball one. Um, I play soccer. <laughs> Final Destination. <laughs> Bro, Final F Destination is the reason I hate flying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, what, that's exactly why I picked this one. So this movie 
I think there's there's literally this is gonna be like afraid to go to the bottom of the drain of a pool. This is still like uh, this is gonna get real real deep psychological real quick for me. I, I'm sure you you might agree with some of this. There are still there are some deep seated fears that I have in my regular life that I realized recently stem from Final Destination. Like I watched Final Destination one, two, and three when I was uh, I mean I think they came out when I was like seven eight, nine range uh, around there. And then I think Final Destination 3 came out when I was in middle school. But like getting on a plane scared the shit out of me like my entire young life. And like driving behind a log, I still won't drive behind a log truck. Like if yeah. there's everyone, yeah. right? It's just, there's so many things like tanning beds. They made tanning beds scary. Like they made, yeah, like pool drains, like scary. Like I just es escalators. Yeah, yeah. I just walked around in elevators. Even like somebody's head gets caught oh, in an man. elevator and gets. Oh my god! Like little tiny things in life, like I would think could just kill me, like kill me horribly. And it's not the thing is, is like accidents happen pretty regularly in our regular life. And Foundation Nation just plays on that fear so much, where it's like, hey, here's just this crazy random thing that happens. Like this car did this thing, and this train moved us thing. Oh, your head's gone. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like there was one where a guy is like standing in front of a train track and like this thing is caught on the train tracks it gets whipped up from the train and cuts his head off and i'm like fuck yeah. i'm never yeah. standing near a train track ever again and <laughs> the movie that's like probably never happened to anybody but it it's there's so many things that i'm still it plays like, on the oh that could actually happen though right totally there's things it I almost still avoid. It, it, it almost creates that, like, kind of going back into the previous Anything's Possible, it, like, it creates that dread. That it's it's good horror because it makes you think that could happen to me. Yeah, exactly. And even, yeah. I mean, I I watch them now, and you kind of realize how like corny some of it is, and like yeah. the acting's kind of bad, and like it's just pretty lame here and there. But like as a young kid, this just completely destroyed the psyche of young Lucas. Like, oh, 100%. 100%. So destroyed me too. Yeah. Yeah. Had to, it's terrifying, like, right? Like yeah. any, like anybody that watched Found Destination as a kid and it's listening, think back on something you do or a fear you have in like the world and see if Found Destination informed it. I bet you it kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. Terror, terrifying stuff. Um, so for my next one, I got a fun one actually released pretty recently here in uh, 2020. Invisible Man. Have you seen that? Ooh, one? I have not. So let me pull it up. I forget the director actually. There's um, there's so many like Invisible Man type a movies, lot. but yeah. yeah, which which one is Invisible Man? So this came out in 2020. Um, it's like a it's inspired very much by the novel of the same name by H. G. Wells, and it is starring oh, what is this woman's name again? Elizabeth Moss. Uh, most famously known, perhaps, for movies like or shows oh, yeah. like Mad Men. Yeah. And uh, um, wait, isn't she Handmaid's Tale too? Handmaid, Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Okay. Yeah. On uh, Hulu, I think. Yeah. Not 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 sponsored. Everyone loves that. <laughs> Everyone loves uh, Handmaid's Tale. So she's she's huge. Okay. But, uh, I've seen yeah. This basically, yeah. It, it follows um, Elizabeth Moss's character, and basically, she is trapped in this very violent and controlling relationship with this wealthy tech guy um silicon valley type you know you know the type right oh yeah um yeah and one night she finally escapes however once she is finally escaped and she is very much convinced that she's being stalked by him and as the movie goes on it turns out that she does have an invisible stalker who is using very uh 
crazy technology and reflective technology to have an invisible suit and chaos ensues. Uh, of course, um, she questions her own sanity. Everyone questions her own sanity and it's just good horror, good suspense. Good. It's good. It's terror. Right. Um, and it has good twists. The movie, even at the end of the movie, I was questioning kind of like, Oh, what part was real? Right. Or like what part was true of the narrative that was explained to us, you know? Um, and it's just it's just a good movie. Okay, that's a that's a little uh, that's a sleeper pick right there. If I ever saw one, for sure, it's a recent movie. Elizabeth Moss is huge right now, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I I had seen the poster and probably scrolled past this here or there, but um, I never thought to watch it. I'm glad that it's a good movie. Yeah, definitely worth your time, and definitely worth a a spooktober evening. All right, all right. Um, okay, so for my last one, just. An in, the instant classic super scary movie hereditary okay i was gonna put it on here but i didn't but keep going okay i'm glad well it's it's definitely an honorable mention of yours because i know how actually now that movie. i'm reflecting back on hereditary that was pretty scary yeah it's good it's great i mean okay so i i love it i love this movie um i think it's going to be looked back upon uh for many years to come as sparking a new age of horror. I think it's very poignantly different from a lot of horror that's been around for the last 10 to 15 years. Um, I know, you know, if you've if you've been paying attention for the last several decades, you know that, you know, horror's gone through several waves of very specific genre in horror. So we had slasher for a very long time, exemplified by movies like Scream, Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Everybody, me and Matt will remember those movies growing up because we were not old enough to watch those movies quite yet. <laughs> I remember yes. um, at, they were at blockbuster shelves and Hollywood video shelves and things like that, but they were just a little bit too scary, very gory, things like that. Um, and then comes Saw and creates basically the torture porn genre, which was the main genre of movies when me and Matt were growing up as teenagers. So, so like you said, you know, you saw Saw in high school with all your friends. You probably saw Saw 2 on Netflix with all your friends at a party or something. It was like torture movies were just in for a very long time in my high school time too. And I think Hereditary is sort of the next wave. Um, it exemplifies what the next wave is, which is more of a anxiety-rooted uh, art horror type of era. And I think Hereditary and um, the runner-up here, Midsommar, both directed by Ari Aster, kind of mark that. Um, They're a little bit of a smarter horror movie. Um, They're more rooted in relationships and trauma um, is what they're really about, more so than what they're about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that they're, you know, obviously shot very well, lit very well, a lot more intentional. Um, and it's it's less about shock value and it's more about like visual value, um, I'd say. So um, Hereditary, I think, is ushered in a new a new era. I cannot wait to see what lies ahead. Um, and, you know, I, I said Midsommar is the runner up. Hereditary and Midsommar can both be viewed back to back. Great double feature on a scary Friday night. Um, really, really good stuff there. Ari Aster, yeah. shout out. Great director. Really is, yeah. And I think the reason I, I in my mind... I wasn't thinking it was as scary as because I most recently saw his other Midsommar, his other movie Midsommar, which isn't quite as scary in my opinion, just more just like uncomfortable. Yeah. Or makes you uncomfortable. He is. I'm seeing it right now. He's working on a horror comedy film with Joaquin Phoenix oh, yeah. called uh, Disappointment Boulevard. Yeah. So yeah. I am very excited for whenever that finally comes out. That sounds like it'll be a very, very fun film. Totally. So very excited for that one. Um, great pick. 
So my final one, it's a movie I've talked to you about before, I think, Lucas. Zodiac, directed by David Fincher. So you're calling that horror. We're not calling that one mystery suspense. For me, it's a horror. Okay. No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, While it's not an outright um, horror genre film, in fact, it's actually categorized as, yeah, like a mystery thriller or mystery suspense. It is a very unsettling film because, you know, the the horror in the movie comes from it, you know, it reenacts a lot of the scenes that the murders that the Zodiac killer committed. Right. Mm -hmm. And knowing that those happened in real life and were played out more, obviously probably a little dramatized, but more or less played out that way. Like for example, one of the murders, one that fucked me, excuse my language, (laughs) the one that fucked me up the most, um, was the guy just like shows up in like his outfit or whatever. Um, to like this lake area. Oh, the daytime one, the couple, the daytime Uh. one. There's just this couple chilling, having a picnic, whatever. Right. And he just like put, he has a gun. So he hog ties them basically. And then just stabs, stabs the girl and stabs the guy. And the guy actually survived, I think, but the girls very much died. Um, and just the thought of, for one, I mean, how many times have you just been hanging out on like a picnic with your girl, right? Or with your significant other, whoever that may be. And just like casually enjoying it. Right. And like, there's no one around, you're having a great time. And then all of a sudden, like just the, that the thought that that could be your next picnic, right? Yeah. That's that, terrifying to me. That and scene is like, everyone remembers that scene from that movie. Yeah. And it's the most low key. There's no music. I don't exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, there's no music. It's just screams and it's just happening. Yeah. And I think the fact that there's no music makes it so much more real yeah, as well. It's so good. And I just was watching it and I was just, I watched it with my friend. I remember um, my roommate at the time and we, I was just like, bruh. Yeah. Cause, bruh. And then, ugh. oh, so good. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's what happened. And knowing that the feeling of helplessness too, just being like tied up right that and right there like that. And just having to watch that happen is just ugh, terrifying. And I can't imagine, um, many things worse honestly <laughs> and then as well there's a wonderful wonderful scene where jake gyllenhaal um the movie sets him up and frames it in a way that at the point he's he's trying to f- basically find out who the zodiac killer is and the movie frames it in a way that um in the scene that most likely this house that he's investigating in the basement there's a very strong chance that the person he's investigating or at least someone in that household is the zodiac killer and the building suspense in that scene has you at the edge of your seat. It gets you sweating. It has, um, you can very clearly see Jake Gyllenhaal's character in it getting, starting to realize, oh my God, I think this is it. I think I'm in danger. I need an adult. Um, and you can just see him freaking out. And then the owner of the home was like, hey, are you, what's, what's up? Are you good? And he's acting like all sus. Like, oh, it's just so good. Um, and the acting from Jake Gyllenhaal in that scene is incredible as well. And the very clear fake yeah. out he has. And there's so many other good scenes. Like there's one where Mark Ruffalo and his detective partner interrogate a possible suspect. And there's so many little things about him. That's like, like little ticks the guy has or like a watch he wears that is just again, builds it up like, Oh shit, this 
kind of checks out this might be yeah. a zodiac killer they, so i think the the implication is that that guy actually really was like through all the research and stuff i think that was the yeah. best yeah. uh like kind of lead that's how the movie ends it too kind of yeah he was like the best lead that they had in that case but of course there's still people that believe that this the zodiac killer is still alive and like the zodiac killer like you know was never caught and he didn't really die that guy died of a heart attack i think years later but um you know never officially caught so interesting stuff uh man good picks good picks so to wrap it up i mean i had texas chainsaw Eraserhead, found destination hereditary you had cabin in the woods saw zodiac, zodiac and invisible man invisible man yeah good i'd stuff. really like to give a very very strong honorable mention to mandy with nick cage i never saw that one it's a horror thriller film it is amazing it's an experience okay that's the best way I can describe it. It is just an absolute experience. I don't even want to call it good. I'm just going to call it a really good experience. Love it. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Wow. No, spoiler free. Love it. Um, yeah. I got I got some honorable mentions here. I'll run through. Um, Antichrist. Uh, mm. Lars von Trayer. Yeah. Um, scary as hell. Weird. Um, I mean, if you just look at the poster for Antichrist right now, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Matt, or seen the poster for it. I want you to- I have not. Is that- Willem Dafoe. Willem, Willem Dafoe, Dafoe, yeah. Okay. Uh, just look up the poster for it. I think the poster set, uh, itself says says a lot about it. Um, I think I had seen that one around October 2, like several years ago, I think when around the time it first came out. Um, oh, isn't, I, I, I've seen this, yeah. yeah. There's like a really infamous scene, isn't there? There's several. There's, yeah. there's. Uh, I can't. I can't. Well, people, people can write in. Uh, Grave Encounters, you ever see that one? I'm not. Grave Encounters is sick. That's like the found footage making fun of Ghost Adventures movie. And it's like, it's actually scary. Like actually really scary. <laughs> uh, love that one. We got, oh, The Ring, The Grudge, like two classic, uh, you know, American adaptions of some Japanese stuff. I mean, there's so many classic yeah. ones, right? Friday the 13th. Yeah. I mean, how can we not mention The Sixth that? Sense. Yeah. Um, the original It. I haven't seen the newer It. Is the Sixth Sense horror? Is that, is that Ab- classified as yeah, horror? Yeah, ghosts and shit? Come on. I mean, it's not scary, though, I think it's right? categorized as, this, there's some jump scares, there's ghosts, there's psychic abilities. Come on. Nah, all right, all right. It is categorized Back, as... The golden days of Haley Joel Osmond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man uh evil dead one evil dead two classics right there um i love 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 evil dead one and two um super good and also drag me to hell same director sam raimi so good stuff there uh it follows awesome horror movie really underrated from a few years ago um kind of i still need to see that um did the that was um Music famously done by Disaster, Disaster Piece. Piece. Yeah, it follows a sick. I think it's. I'm categorizing it in that new art horror um, era, like with Hereditary and Midsommar. It's kind of a precursor to both those. But it yes. follows is really, really great. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think we got enough movie recommendations out there for the fans. Yes, and uh, as always, everyone, feel free to write in at uh, thanksforplayingpod@gmail.com and tell us your favorite horror movie. I'd love to hear from the fans on this one, or better yet, join the Discord and talk to us in there. You can find links to the Discord on both our Twitter and Instagram pages at TFP Podcasts. As well, you can also find the link to it uh, on our website, thanksforplaying.live. As well, if you want to hang out with your good buddy Matt, you can find me at uh, Twitter, 
on Good Idea Matthew. And better yet, before you follow me, um, subscribe on uh, on our to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a follow on uh, Spotify. Um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell us. Uh, Give, compare Lucas Knight to something. You know, tell us what drink you think we would be. Who would die first in a horror movie? Perhaps that's the most apt one right now, considering <laughs> the the, uh, the the time of the month and the um, the, the current subject matter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, come come hang out, guys, and especially in Discord. We got we got a fun group in Discord, and we'd love to have you all in there. But uh, Lucas, where can we find you? You could find me on Instagram at good idea lucas or you can find me on our discord feel free to shoot me a dm participate in our chats our discussions are always great in the discord uh shout out to all the fans that have been in there for the last few months uh it's been great having you guys for sure yes absolutely all right everyone that's all we got for today and remember anything's possible Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch Red Circle 